Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back, mamas. Ever since I first became a mama, I feel like I've been on the hunt for role models of women who can show me that it is possible to do what your heart desires, to live a life that feels full and fulfilling without completely losing yourself, without the hustle of endless work and burnout and to truly still be there for their children and their families and their friends and be healthy and balanced. It's a long list, I know, but I truly have always felt, surely there's a way for me to do both of these things. Surely I don't have to get sick again, lose myself in endless work and broken sleep and a body that is broken. Surely there is a way for me to be a happy mama and a happy woman. And I feel like that's what I've always been searching for. Over the last few years, thankfully, I feel like these women are becoming more and more common. There are some beautiful examples now of women who are showing us that you don't have to do it just the masculine way of pushing and hustling and burning out that you can still be the kind and compassionate woman that you want to be, as well as pursuing everything that you hoped you could. And one of those women who I have been admiring from afar for some time now is Denise Duffield Thomas. Denise has managed to build a phenomenally successful online business while also raising her family. I have been following her and admiring her work for many years, well before she became a mama, and I was so interested to watch and witness how she would balance these roles in her life. And I was so thrilled when I saw that more and more she has shared with the world that busyness is not something we should be proud of, that abundance is about more than money, it's about believing in yourself and that women should be lifting each other up more and more. I hope that you love this interview as much as I did. It is full of so many great moments, insights and inspiration. Enjoy. This is the Happy Mama Movement with your host, Amy Taylor-Kabaz, 
author, mama to three, and editor of the Happy Mama magazine. In my mamahood journey, I have gone from an overachieving, addicted to busyness superwoman to finally slowing down, simplifying, and realizing that being a mama is the greatest self-development teacher in the world. And after more than 15 years covering breaking news, I've swapped current affairs to inspiration and now bring you the best I can find every week to help us feel more connected as women as we raise our families. Because when we come together, amazing things happen. So welcome to the movement. Denise, thank you so much for joining me. I have wanted to to speak to you for a really long time so this is such an honor <laughs> it's really nice to meet you too and I, you know when we connected i looked at your website and i'm like oh this is so wonderful that we've got these amazing tools and communities for women and mothers to come together because you know my mum didn't have that your mum probably didn't have that so it's beautiful to be able to talk to you Thank you. No, my mum didn't have it and neither did I 10 years ago when I first became a mum. So hence is why I've created it. But what I really wanted to talk to you other than pick your brain about so many different things was the idea of an abundant mindset, an abundance in our life. You very much focus on in all of your work, in the amazing business that you've created while raising your two children and you're about to pop with your third, you really teach money mindset. Now, for all of us listening, money is a big part of trying to make this time in our life work. We're trying to bring in enough money to keep our family going, as well as honoring the role of the mother that we are at this time. So what to you is a positive and abundant mindset? And how have you had to learn that yourself over the last decade or so? Well, in the last couple of years, I really have gotten clear to the fact that I actually don't teach anything about money Mm. because I could use the exact same techniques I teach and put it to finding your soulmate or creating your ideal job or, you know, improving your relationship or your health because it's all the same work at the end of the day. And I really nut it down to getting to a place where you really love and accept yourself unconditionally um, and because when you do that, the rest kind of falls into place. And I find that most things with women where we're holding ourselves back is because we don't feel like we're enough. Mm. And I, everything comes from that. I totally agree. I think at the core of it, it is that belief of I am not enough. And there's also a core belief there, do you think, in the, all the thousands and thousands of women that you've supported over the years that there is not enough support, that it can't be easy. It can't be easy. Well, there's not enough of everything. And what it comes down to for a lot of women is thinking they have to choose. So when I talk to women about money, I say, well, what do you feel like you have to give up if you want to have more money? And for some of them, they don't even realize that they have this viewpoint that I can be wealthy or I can have a good relationship. I can be successful or I can be healthy. I can be rich or I can be a good mom. And there's no sense that you can have both. And, you know, we're very used to as women, especially as mums, of juggling things and, you know, having to have opportunity costs for our time and energy. But it really does come down to this fundamental belief. I'm not allowed to have both of those things or all of those things I have to choose. And, of course, you're going to choose your kids over money. Of course, you're going to choose your relationship over success. But the point is you don't have to choose. You can have both if you allow yourself to have that abundance of, of both of those things or all of those things. 
But when you say that, and I've been working on this in my own life for a few years now too, so I, I really understand what you're saying, but, but for others who are really just trying to begin to understand this, when you say you can have both, there's often a very quick voice that jumps in and says, no, you can't. Oh, absolutely. Totally. So one thing to do is to look at the stories um, that have shown me that it's not possible because, you know, we've learned that from somewhere and often we've learned it from our childhood. Some of us learn that from movies, to mm. be honest. Um, some of us learn it from, um, you know, our parents or old stories. So think back in your own life, whatever that is for you of what you can't have both of, Go to look for where you learned that because it will probably be, you know, your parents, your mum. It could even just be like an old story of, you know, our great grandpa, you know, had it. He was an entrepreneur, but he was crazy and lost all his money. And you've created a story that, you know, entrepreneurship, for example, might not be the most stable path, or you might come from a long um, line of people who've gotten divorced because of power dynamics, or whatever. So. It's really useful to go look at your past, and I call them just, you know, your origin stories of, of your blocks, um, because until you really look at the fundamental belief that it could be just a story you made up when you're five years old, you, you're not going to believe that there's anything different, you know. And and then the other flip side of that is to maybe find role models. You know, I actually, when I started my business, um, I was... All of my role models were single, very entrepreneurial, very ambitious and busy, a lot of men. And so I actually resisted having kids for a long time because I didn't think I could have both. Mm. So I had to go and seek out um, specific examples of um, entrepreneurial mums who were doing both, allowing themselves to do both. And it could be for people listening, you have to go and find a new marriage role model of where you can have love and success or you can and some of us don't have those relationships or role models in our lives so we have to go out uh, because when you believe it sorry when you see it you can believe it for yourself and sometimes you have to really consciously go out and find that role model i you have hit a topic that i'm so passionate about because i feel like I have been on the search to gather role models around me, around motherhood and balance and success right from the beginning because I felt the same when I became a mother 10 years ago. I thought what I had to do was go back to my career in the media as just as busy as I used to be. I, I call it the superwoman addiction. It was like I, my role models of the women that I looked up to were mothers as journalists and freelancers and traveling the world, but they never saw their kids. They were super busy. Their relationships generally fell apart because they yeah. were just so unbalanced. And I couldn't find anybody that showed me that you could be the mother you wanted to be as well as still be wildly successful and fulfill your dreams. And I yeah. feel like at the core of it, that's what I've been trying to do for 10 years, is gather evidence of maybe there's a way that I can still serve my bigger vision here and still see my kids and know what my husband looks like at the end <laughs> of the day. That's what I feel like you're trying to do as well. Is that right? It is, and that's why I talk so honestly and openly about money now and even how I run my house because I know that there's responsibility there in normalizing some of these conversations. And I know that the way I run my life and business is not for everyone, but there might be someone out there who's just wanting a bit of permission, you know, to start a business or get a cleaner for their house. And um, I think it's all up to all of us to have those conversations with our girlfriends, you know, if we've got a platform, a voice, a podcast, social media, 
to show the reality because women are dying to have, you know, to find people, to find like-minded people. But I think they're just really looking for permission. It is. And I think we carry such guilt around these things because it's so hidden. So we hide the fact that we might get support in our home or we feel guilty that surely I should be able to do this myself. Isn't that a great sabotage message that we carry, Denise? Surely I should be able to do it myself. Guilt is just such a tool that has oppressed women for such a long time. So a couple of years ago, I decided to opt out from guilt. And even that in itself was kind of a bit audacious because it's almost like it's kind of acceptable now to talk about having support or a nanny or a housekeeper, but you have to be suitably guilty about it. (laughs) You have to kind of show a little bit of like self-deprecation about it. And I am very unapologetically unguilty about um, the fact that I have a ton of support (laughs) that I... I earn great money doing what I do um, because I think that's important too, just to normalize the conversation. And I've even said to people who have tried to shame me for not feeling guilty, I'm like, oh, here's my husband's email address. Why don't you email him? Because no one tries to shame men for Mm. having that kind of support in their lives. So I'm like, I don't want to hear it, but feel free to tell him. Oh, I love that. (laughs) He's a bad parent. (laughs) I love that. And the thing that's so sad is it's often women doing it to other women, and that's yeah. what we really need to change. But that's that's a different <laughs> podcast. Can I just pause there for a second and say, you decided a few years ago to opt out of guilt. Please explain how we can all do that too. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because you know, I was thinking about when you unsubscribe from the newsletter, and I just thought, what if I can just opt out of that feeling? And it started with... Um, what really watching my language, how I spoke about myself, um, not being self-deprecating, not trying to have a disclaimer on on things. When I spoke to my friends about child, you know, child raising me, when you're like, oh, my kids are like, oh, but I really love them. I was just like, hey, can we just like be honest and say that sometimes kids are just horrible and, mm. you know, we don't love every part of parenting and just being really mindful of my own language. That made the biggest difference. Um, the thing that really gave me the... <laughs> I don't like to swear on my... Of course. Yeah, the thing that really gave me the shit when I became a mom is this expectation that you had to be a busy mom. Yes. And you had to refer to yourself as a busy mom. And when you see how women are spoken about in the media, they always say, busy mom of three, blah, blah, blah. And so I stopped saying the word busy. And I remember sitting around with a few um, new mom friends because I joined a mom's group. And everyone's like, oh, we're so busy, we're so busy. And they kind of looked at me and I said, I'm actually not that busy. And they looked at me like I pooed on the table in front of them. <laughs> it was so shocking to like to not say, oh, yeah, I'm busy because that's what we're expected to do. And then that emboldened me, I think, to opt out of the guilty feeling because, you know, someone, oh, I'll let you go, you're really busy. And I really make a point to say, no, I'm not. I don't see people I don't want to see. I try not to do work that I don't want to do. And it's not like I'm, you know, swanning around like the Queen of England, but it's like I'm, everything in my life is kind of conscious. So I don't consider myself, you know, a, a busy mum. And by the way, if you Google busy mum versus busy dad, can you imagine how many men are referred to as busy dad? Very, very <laughs> few. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I did it. It was just a conscious choice to not... Um, talk about myself in that way and then just not feel it, not take it on if other people try to put it on me. I think 
when I listen to you, it's just this constant confirmation that we have a choice to choose the stories and the beliefs that we carry through with us each and every day. So every morning we wake up, do we get to choose which story we're going to have today, what belief we're going to have, what we're going to allow to our, into our lives and what we're going to say no to. It's just this deep, deep conscious awareness that you have control over what you say yes and no to. Yeah. And that then flows to abundance, doesn't it? Well, it does because, again, if you feel right in yourself, um, you, you give yourself permission to feel happier. You know, because abundance is more than money, for sure it is. It is. Um, but even when women are doing okay and things are on the surface great, some of us really have that just low-level feeling of anxiety or guilt or shame or whatever. So really the only thing you can do is just get yourself into an equilibrium of love and acceptance. Um, and, you know, and, and then you find maybe gratitude. Gratitude is really great for feeling abundant, no matter what state you're in. And just giving yourself permission. And I think it's the energy. For, for a lot of women, it's freeing up the energy. And there's so much energy attached to, like, judging yourself all the time. Mm. It takes up so much energy. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this idea that I think most of us, you know, are handed down from generations and generations, but we even, if we're not careful, teach our children, which is if you're a good girl, good things happen to you. Mm. And if you work hard, good things will happen to you. And this whole idea that abundance, and once again, it could be money, support, love, um, time, health, any of these things. They come to you when you work your ass off and when you're busy and when you're superwoman and you hustle. Oh, I hate that word. I hate yeah, hustle. <laughs> um, I, I really feel like when, uh, you know, I've spoken to thousands of mamas over the years now and it just breaks my heart. We are so burnt out from this belief that we have to hustle to get anywhere. I know that this is totally opposite to everything you teach, so I would love to, you know, almost let you have a little rant on that right now too. <laughs> uh, you know what? Like, I'll be honest. At the start of my business, I had to do a lot of work. You know, there was a lot of setup work. I worked long hours and like stuff, but it never felt like the hustle. And my new um, book, which will come out in 2019, was was <laughs> inspired by a very particular book that I read. And in this book, there was a case study of an entrepreneur who did a daily podcast, and it talked about how he got up at 4.30 in the morning, um, you know, worked all morning to get his podcast out, then he went for like an hour and a half gym session, and he went to work, and then, and then right at the end, it said, at 6.30, he races home to give the baby a bath, and I was like, he's got a kid. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then it said, and then he spends an hour with his wife. And then he goes into back into the office, and he works until one o'clock. Passes out on the couch, and then does it all again the next day. And I was reading that, and I was like, I, it didn't even occur to me until like a year later that that's three and a half hours sleep a night. I was just outraged about the fact that he lived like that, and he had a young baby and a and a wife. And it was like you were racing home to give the baby a bath, and I just thought, I do not want to live like that. And I posted it in my online mum group, who, most of them are entrepreneurs, but, and everyone's like, oh my God, that is just not how I want to live. And most of the women I know, even the Taipei ones, and I don't necessarily consider myself a Taipei kind of person, even though I'm ambitious and whatever, just 
we want to like not work like that. You know, we we sleep is important to mm-hmm. us and like going to yoga occasionally is important and having time for our girlfriend, let alone all the kids stuff. But it's like who who wants to live like that? And so actually I, I wrote actually wrote in the book WTF <laughs> and then I was, I was like, Okay, that's that's what I'm writing my next book about. Um, I thought you were going to say the next book's title, WTF. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the next book is it's called Chillpreneur. Oh, it's like, I love it. Yeah, it's like, you know what? Yeah, you're going to have to work. If you want anything, you know, whether it's promotion at work or a, a successful business, of course you have to work, but it's a different energy to hustle. And I would never, ever recommend to someone, oh, you, you want to be successful? Get up an hour earlier. I'm like, no, honey, sleep. Sleep mm. as many minutes as you can sleep mm. <laughs> because it doesn't have to be that hard. And yeah, my biggest tip, I think, that's going to be in the book is really know yourself and your personality and find your path of least resistance because it's, it's different for everybody. And that's true whether it's, you know, your relationship, when you know yourself and you're partner's personality, like for example their love language, things are so much easier um, when you know your working personality, when you're really true to who you are and and how you want to live your life, everything's so much easier. Mm. So yeah, that's what the next book is about, but I was like, oh, hustle. I agree. Hiring. I agree. Well, my next book, which is also coming out next year, is at the moment. It's called No More Superwoman, and it's well, it's not for business mums, but it's for women. It's the same thing. It's it's time to say no. We don't have to be perfect and do it all and be these ridiculous superwomen all of the time. No. So, exactly. We'll be on the stage together chanting that one. So, when it comes to motherhood, let's let's just flip this right around to the interaction between you and your beautiful babies and the journey the phenomenal adventure and experience that motherhood is what has becoming a mother taught you about yourself and changed the way that you look at all of this yeah I've never considered myself a particularly maternal person and I to be honest I still don't in a lot of ways I'm not the sort of person that's like oh I want to spend every minute with my child um (laughs) and even people ask me, they're like, oh, you're going to teach your kids some amazing things about money. And I think, well, no, I'm not sitting down doing, like, baby lectures um, <laughs> to my kids because I know that they really don't listen to what you say. They just watch what you do and how you are. So I I just am a big believer in, you know, show them, show them what's possible. And so I show them that I love my work they're both, um, you know, I work from home and I'm like, I'm going to my office and they're like, mummy's going on a call now. Um, I just want to role model that to them, passion. And, you know, I talk to them a little bit. I say, mummy helps people with their money. And, you know, mummy has a boot camp and Willow calls it a poop camp. And she thinks it's hilarious. Um, so I, that's it. I really, even that, I don't feel like I have to be a superwoman mum and, you know, be perfect. I'm just like, they're going to be fine. You know, like our kids are growing up in Australia. They're growing up in a lucky country. They're growing up with um, parents who love them and take care of them. We're not perfect. So I'm I'm very, um, not laissez-faire parenting style, but I'm just kind of like, you know what, that'd be fine. (laughs) They're going to be good. And I'm sure we'll mess them up in some ways. And then I'll teach them about forgiveness and EFT and great stuff later on. (laughs) Exactly. 
just you know, there's bigger problems in the world. There are kids who are really neglected, and I'm just, I, I, I'm like, yeah, they'll be fine. I'm a good enough parent. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make a massive um, assumption here and think. The more I have listened to you this afternoon, the more I think you're just really okay with who you are. That's true. I am. And I think that's at the core of it is what we should all eventually get to, you know, hopefully not too far away. But really at the core of it, if we start, if we really believe inside, I'm doing a good job, I'm trying my best, you know, I'm not perfect, but I know it can be easy and I'm, an, and I'm going to give myself permission to have fun and enjoy this and have everything I want, then everything else flows from there. Like you've really come to a place where you, you, you feel like you're enough. Enoughness, yeah. Mm. Like, again, not perfect. I, I've always been a, a student of personal development and I used to think that was about improving yourself. And now I realize it's really not. You know, mm. we're all so different. It's about being okay with who you truly are. And I'm a massive fan of personality tests. And I used to do them from a place of not enoughness. It's like, well, here are all the things that are wrong about me. And now I'm just like, oh, that's cool. That's I'm just going to reframe that. That's a strength. <laughs> um, so I am, you know, that's why I think it's funny calling my book Chillpreneur because I do have resting chill face. You know, people just assume that I'm like pretty easy breezy and easy going. And I, I kind of am. It doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, upset sometimes and things, things are perfect. But I'm just kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. And I'm okay. And you're okay. Mm. And we're all going to be okay. It's a real nice place to be, to be honest. I can tell. Yeah, and I agree. Okay, so final question then. If you could tell mamas anything the mummers that are really struggling and are really stuck in that lack mentality or that they have to hustle and it's hard work and they have to put everything else on hold, what would you say to them? Oh, yeah. It, it is a tough place to be. I've got friends there sometimes. I've been there myself, especially when you're not getting enough sleep. Everything is a um, hundred times magnified. And it's just, you're enough. I just believe that you're enough. And sometimes it's about handing in that shovel of, you know, oh, I have to do more, I have to do more. It's like, maybe I don't, mm. and that would be okay. Talk to your girlfriend about it. Make sure you have supportive friends around you. They can just go, yeah, I don't feel good about this particular thing. And just to be like, you've got this, girlfriend. You mm. can do it. It's really important to have that around you. Um, and it's okay just to be who you are. It's okay to be the kind of mum you are, not who you think you should be or who your mother or mother-in-law thinks you should be. Um it's okay just to be enough mm. and you'll, you'll find that it's, there's so much abundance in that. You know, sometimes people resist that because they feel like it's giving up or being, um, having low standards. It's really not. It's paradoxically, it frees you up to feel so much more expansive and abundant in your life and it serves its dual purpose of contentment where you are and gives you permission to want more. It's a really interesting space where you, you don't judge it either way Sometimes you go, you know what, I'm in a season of enoughness. And then sometimes you're like, you know what, I'm in a season of wanting more. Either way, you don't make up a story about yourself. You're just like, oh, it is what it is. So, Mama, you are enough. Oh, I love that. And you can be in the space of contentment and still know that you, there is more to come. I love that. Yeah. That is a really great way to describe it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Denise. Oh, thank you. 
<laughs> well, let's well, do that again. again. Yes. <laughs> Maybe after. Three. Uh, that's what I was going to say. After the third baby is here, which I hope goes beautifully well, and you just stay in that amazing newborn bubble for as long as possible. But thank you for making the time for me today. Oh, thank you, Amy. Thanks for listening, Mama. Isn't Denise Duffield Thomas the most beautiful breath of fresh air? So down to earth and calling out all of those old beliefs we have around money, but also around busyness, success, abundance. I just loved her insights. If you would like to learn more about her work and how you too can change the programming that you have in your mind about success, go to luckybitch.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share with other mamas who are also trying to find a way to follow their passions and raise their family without the burnout. This really is a movement, remember? We want to share this with each other so we can stop the crazy pursuit of busyness and sacrificing our health and our families in the meantime. Thanks for listening again. Satnam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.